As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast here on a Monday and a Monday after what's been the craziest Sunday of the NFL season to date. We've got a lot to wrap up in this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Michael Beller, joined as always by Jake Seeley. Jake, what's up today, my friend? Don't come to me first after Saquon Barkley yesterday. Come on. Oh, I know. We're going to talk about plenty of giant stuff today, and not a lot of it is going to be good, although some of it is pretty okay. Brandon Funston, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right for a Monday. can't complain. Um, but I was curious, why was it the most wildest uh, week of the season so far? Is it, is it, is it the clear winner? Because I always come out it's, every week thinking that things are crazy, you know. Well, just to, it was like an exciting. Like I, I feel like, especially the last few weeks, I, I'll you know I'll speak for myself, I guess. Um, the the last few weeks in most of my leagues, right? Like most most fantasy teams, their scores have come under projections, right? Seeing a lot of red ink on fantasy pages, and so that just you know leaves you with you know, maybe a sour taste in your mouth. And then this week it's green all over the place, and we had the forty seven forty two Chargers Browns game. You had a couple other teams putting up forty plus craziness and Bengals and Packers that Jake just absolutely couldn't get enough of with all the missed field goals. It was just <laughs> I don't know, it was it just felt like a really fun day of football yesterday, maybe Uh-oh. more so than any others. He's writing. He's writing big words, big letters. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say, were you were you hinting towards this, Funston? Am I? Oh wow, that's so much glare. Oh. There you go. The band kickers. I didn't have my shirt on. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> is that why you're saying it's the most craziest week? I mean, there was a lot of injuries, but yes, it was the most yeah. glorious band kickers week of the entire history of forever. It was. It really was. <laughs> Extra I mean, points. The high degree All of difficulty at extra points and is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah, definitely See, it's uh, so uh, crazy. You guys can't even stop talking over yourselves. It was so crazy. <laughs> that's, how, that's how excited we are. It was a great week for you, Jake. It was a great week for the Band Kickers brand, for sure. It was a great week for plenty of other people around the fantasy world, and maybe not so great a week for uh, some others as well. And we're going to dig into all that. We're going to talk about some of the biggest news. We're going to talk about week six waivers. It's actually not a bad crop of waiver wire players to be going after this week. Uh, We're going to talk about some buys and some sells. And that's what we're going to get into on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I want to go back to Thursday for our first topic of the week. You guys, Russell Wilson's going to be out anywhere between four and eight weeks because of that finger injury. Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. What do we think of a rustless Seahawks offense going forward? Mm, I don't know. I I guess they're going to probably try to run a similar version of the offense and just hope that Geno can, you know, manage that. I I think just in who it impacts, I mean, you could just go straight from the context of Thursday night where – you know, Tyler Lockett was one for four on targets from Geno Smith for seven yards, and one of the passes was intercepted. Obviously, he fell down. That was that was the, the last <laughs> the last pass he had mm-hmm. of the game. But, I mean, DK looked pretty good. Three for three on targets from Geno for 54 yards. Um, I just – I kind of feel like if I'm imagining who's going to get hurt the most is Tyler Lockett just because Russ and him have, like, this innate sense with each other and this crazy timing. And DK is just the easier guy to complete passes to if you're just thinking about it in a vacuum. So, um, to me, I'd be a little bit worried about Tyler Lockett, maybe not so much about DK. 
pretty much the same. Copy paste. Not much to to add to that. I mean, maybe a little bit of hit in the run game, but we still don't know if Chris Carson's back or not, and right. how much now Alex Collins is going to command. So it just seems to be like a a messy offense outside of DK Metcalf right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one that's going to have that sort of uh, sort of pattern, and you know, everyone gets a little bit of a downgrade. Obviously, we'll see what this looks like with Geno Smith, but uh, uh, not good news coming out of Seattle with Russell Wilson going to be missing significant time. I want to take a look at the Bengals and Packers game for a second here to you guys. That was one of the more fun games. The Packers coming away with a 25-22 victory with all those missed kicks. Mason Crosby finally delivering with the game-winning field goal in overtime. But the guy who I want to talk about first on this game is A.J. Dillon because he had a you know a box score impact, certainly, and he had four catches and turned one of those into a receiving touchdown but he ran just 10 routes. The snap percentage was about the same as it's been for him the first few weeks of the season. And Aaron Jones went over 100 yards rushing. So, Jake, I mean, you look at A.J. Dillon and you look at the box score, it's impressive. But is it just sort of the same story or is he becoming a thing? It's the same story at the beginning of the season. Frost is smiling because I was smiling because this is the anti-Aaron Jones. Like, this is what I said. Why I be, I'm the Aaron Jones hater. So I hate Aaron Jones. No, it's just Aaron Jones is no different than, honestly, like Tyler Lockett. You're going to get 30-point games, different. and then... No, he's not because he still gets six, seven, eight-point games mixed in there. He got the 100 yards yesterday, but it could have been a 30-point game if he wasn't sharing. It's just the fact that this team has never treated him like a bell cow. If he got 20, point, if he got 20 touches, if he got a Zeke workload, if he got a Dalvin Cook workload before his injury, if he got those kind of workloads, I'd say smash top five running back. Not even a question in my mind. So A.J. Dillon's a thing, but he's no more a thing than – Tony Pollard or, you know, those kind of running backs where you probably can get flex value a lot of weeks, but you have to understand that their floor is also really low too because if it is that Aaron Jones just going ham week, A.J. Dillon might only get five touches. That's the risk. You know, if Ezekiel Elliott's going bananas, Tony Pollard just might not get involved one week. So I think comparing A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are kind of like the lesser version of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but not by that big of a margin, but they're the lesser version of them. I mean, I don't know if I have anything to add to that. I mean, I... I whatever. I mean, <laughs> nothing Dillon, to add. So he Paul, freezes. Whatever. He, <laughs> I, I froze. But uh, Aaron Jones is right where I expect him to be. He's like wide receiver, RB five, RB six. I mean, he's doing it with the workload he always gets, and he, he always finishes like right around there. So I don't know. There's nothing to see here. Move on. I guess is what I would say. All right. Yeah, AJ Dillon. I mean, I, I think we're all on the same page then, because uh, you know, it was it was a decent little performance from AJ Dillon, right? You're gonna have people talking about him. 79 yards on 12 touches plus the receiving touchdown. So he's gonna be someone who I think gets brought up as a potential starter in Week Six, especially with the buy starting. But uh, yeah, this uh, feels like something that's a little bit more descriptive of his Week Five performance than predictive of what is to come for AJ Dillon. On the other side of this game. Tyler Boyd was a bit of a ghost in this one, did not really uh, live up to the expectations he had set for himself the previous couple of weeks, uh, got five targets, caught four of them for 24 yards, and you know, the big news for him, obviously, is that T. Higgins was back in the lineup for the Bengals, and he didn't do too much himself, five catches for 32 yards, but now we're looking once again, it feels like, at a situation where when all three of these guys are healthy, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are the more bankable ones, and Tyler Boyd is going to be up and down. Brandon, are we downgrading his outlook for the rest of the season based on the fact that when all three guys are healthy, he seems to be the third out of three? I don't know. I mean, Tyler Boyd is wide receiver 36 and half PPR. I mean, I'm thinking back to where I ranked him to start the season. It was like 32, 33. He's doing Tyler Boyd things. I mean, he's averaging seven targets per week. Some weeks it's a little bit more, some weeks it's a little bit less, and that's kind of what you get. And I think there'll be weeks when, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are more taken away by the defense and they'll lean in on Tyler Boyd. I think you're getting a Tyler Boyd season, which is, you know, somewhere that wide receiver three range. You know, it's not, you know, when when it doesn't happen for him, it's what you get. It's like the four catches, 40 yards, mm-hmm. and no touchdown, and that's just the what it is. So I don't know. It's it's kind of more of the same. Like, I think we're seeing what we expected from Tyler Boyd. I don't think you can downgrade him a week after he had 100-plus yards. I know T. Higgins, no Higgins. is back. But it, yeah. I, yeah, there was no Higgins. But it's not like he hasn't had good games with both of those guys this year. I think we're they'll downgrade him. To the last two weeks, I would say yes. Downgrading him from the beginning of the season, that's, that's 
what the thought was heading to, at least for my side of it. And this is gonna be mm-hmm. like, haha, I was right. It's just Tyler Boyd was the odd man out. He was the third one. He's the third one with Joe Mixon in the backfield. That's gonna be productive. And then T. Higgins and Char- Chase are the one two. Boom, boom. So mm-hmm. Boyd is a wide receiver of four. But if you expected more than that, just because of the last two games, which I'm not saying that's what Funston's saying, right. but if you expected because while Higgins was out, that all of a sudden Boyd was back to being a wide receiver too, then yeah, you downgrade him. If you expected like, look, this is what's gonna happen if one is missing and understand that, then yeah, that's exactly where he is. He should be in the wide receiver four conversation. Yeah, I think two- the point that we forgot to make here really quickly is that there the the passing volume is way lower than we expected yep. to begin with. So I mean some all of these guys might be getting squeezed in terms of volume and maybe except impacting Chase. Boyd. Yeah, except for Chase. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The uh the two games in which all these guys have been healthy at the start and the end of the games is week one and then yesterday against the Packers. Tyler Boyd's got seven catches, nine targets, and fifty six yards. So it feels safe to say that he is the third of three in the pecking order when all three of him, uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are healthy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, guys, let's uh, get on to another topic here. I want to ask you guys a simple question. Give me your answer. Jake, you're up first. Who won week five? Player, team, whatever. (laughs) Who's the winner? Who's the big winner in week five? There's a lot. It's the Bills skill players, except, I mean, there's actually technically a loss in here as well. If you want to say Cole Beasley is the one that's lost because he's losing snaps. But what came to my mind in this game is that Emmanuel Sanders has looked great and officially in the circle of trust. And what it comes down to is this is where I say is the winner because I can't believe I'm saying this. Although, that being said, I was the person who's like, hey, I'll take a 10th round flyer on him. I wasn't expecting to say I ever did trust this person, though. <laughs> I now trust Zach Moss. Uh, like that's, He's just out there a lot and being used in the passing game. That's really what it comes down to is the reason I said the 10th round flyer, to be clear on Zach Moss, is because like, hey, look can take some touches at the goal line. Possibly Josh Allen doesn't run as much all the time and you get an RB three out of it. But if he's going to be getting this kind of work where he's getting targets and receptions and being trusted in the Devin Singletary role, who's Devin Singletary is not completely gone, but if you're going to give him 15 touches a week, including the passing game work, He's now fringy RB. He's the low end RB two. And I can't believe I said that. I like, that's why he wins to me. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, Zach Moss, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, you know, another another great game. From- Dawson Knox, yeah, he's a winner too. What Throw about, him in the let group. me follow up. Let, actually, I, I was let just going to say uh, really quickly on Zach Moss in the passing game, just sorry, just to quickly make a point Yeah, no, that. go ahead. Like, I, most of those plays that Zach Moss made in the passing game would have been better plays if Devin Singletary was, had the ball in his <laughs> hands. Like, he doesn't have a whole lot of imagination when he gets the ball in the open field, and I think... No, he's Tevin Coleman. But, yeah... But but hey, who can argue with what he did? He had a nice game, and if that continues, it's going to be nice for fantasy managers for sure. Go ahead, Michael. Before we get to uh, Funston's winner, uh, Jake, how about this question here from Alex watching us on YouTube? Diggs is he in the loss category? Even I mean, or does he just still Why? fly along with what he is? Two catches yesterday and, in a game where and- Josh Allen threw for three hundred something yards. What is he going to catch seven every single week? So we're upset by the fact that he put up. He almost had a touchdown. If he didn't like get turned around, kind of wondering where the defender mm-hmm. was, he was looking yeah. for the defender. And if he would have just turned and ran to the if side, he would have sprinted. He scores. Yeah, it would have been a Jamar Chase day. Like so, no. I, it's for everybody out there. I'm buying digs everywhere I can. I, I don't understand how people are coming away from this upset with digs. All right, Funston, give us your week five winner. Who you got? Oh, I will go with Kadarius Tony. Go with the uh, with the chalk choice here. Um, he looked great, and he looked great with both quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Mike Glennon come, and you know, 
I, I, I'm curious to see what the overall where where he lined up, you know, count was. But I was watching yeah. the game and he was outside plenty, and so it wasn't all just straight out of the slot. I think um, the Giants are now going to have to figure out: is it Darius Slayton that's basically coming off the bench at this point? Mm-hmm. You know, when Sterling Shepard and Slayton are back. But I also have a feeling that the way the Giants' season is going, all these guys are not going to be healthy at the same time anyway. So it might not matter. You know, they're classic Giants' season. Classic Giants' season. Although Kadarius Tony tried to, you know, take take away a little punch. bit of his victory at the end there with the punch, <laughs> and he's got a little bit of an ankle injury. So it's not it's not a clean a clean win for him. But I would say he's a winner. Let's use that to launch into the waiver wire. And sorry, Jake, you can talk about Kadarius Tony uh, as well. But um, Devontae Booker is he the is he the guy to be going after on the waiver wire? If you can only make one claim and one claim only, is he at the top of the list? No. Who is? Aren't they saying it's only like a week for Barkley potentially? I, even though even I though his ankle was the size of a bowling <laughs> ball. Yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope it's two honestly because I want him to be a hundred percent. Like as in, yeah. I, I hope they don't force him back because he wants to come. Remember two yeah. years ago, remember two thousand nineteen, where he forced his way to come back early. Uh, mm. No, because that's why it's Devonte Booker. It's Devonte Booker maybe for two weeks. Uh, yeah. You have potential. We don't know what's going on with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but if he's out, even mm-hmm. if it, put it this way. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Saquon Barkley are both out for two weeks. I'm taking Daryl Williams, even though McKinnon's going to be involved, because here's yeah. the other factor. Who do the Giants play this week? The Rams. Who's at quarterback? Likely Mike Glennon. I am taking <laughs> anybody I possibly can over Devontae Booker for two weeks and what this offense is right now. By the way, uh, for your question, Funston, is Kadarius Tony lined out wide 67% of the time in that game. Yeah, that's what I was noticing. I was like, I was trying to, you know, because I was also going against him in a fantasy league, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very in tune. I did not want him to catch the ball, and that wasn't working out well for me, but I noticed he was out wide a lot. Only 11 in the slot. Kyle Rudolph yeah. and Mar- Evan Ingram had more slot routes and positioning than he yeah. did. Yeah. All right, yeah. so if, if Devontae Booker is not the first guy you're going after, not the guy who you're putting the most fab on this week, who is it, Jake? I said D- Darrell Williams. He's, uh, he's uh, the number one for you? I mean, assuming assuming that you know Clyde Edwards-Alaire is missing time, because I'm just going to yeah. take anybody in that backfield. And I do think Jerick McKinnon will get mixed in. And we saw that when Edwards-Alaire left that game. But put it this way: if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is fine, although that knee limp to the locker didn't room did look not like look it, good, yeah. I, I would say it could go. It, put it this way: the running backs could go three different directions. If all of them are out, if Carson, Barkley, and Edwards-Alaire are all out, I would go Williams, Collins, Booker. Collins, yeah. If one of them comes back, it's going to shuffle it. Right. Funston, who's your top yeah, target on the wire this week? It's Williams as well, I think. And, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll have to wait and see, but it seems like Alaire is probably missing a week, if not seems more. Like but at the least, yeah. At least, at the least, and hopefully it's not terrible, terrible news for him, but it could be a while. So I'm, I'm, I'm in on Williams as well. Where does Samaj P. Ryan fit into this uh, mix for you guys? Because, you know, obviously, you know, they, they had plenty of Joe Mixon in that game and he scored a touchdown. It looked, it looked pretty good on that touchdown run, that little yeah. put his right foot in the, in the ground and go and that nice cut. So he looked healthy enough. But P. Ryan uh, looked good on, in his own right. 11 carries for 59 yards, had some involvement in the passing game. How does he fit into this mix for you, Funston? Um, I don't know that he would have played that much if Mixon was a hundred percent. Um, I guess you could kind of look at it as like a one week plug and play where Mixon might not still be a hundred percent. You get Detroit this week and maybe you can get a similar kind of performance, but I think this is something that sort of starts to wane out a little bit. And we, we see him kind of fade back into the woodwork as long as Mixon trends towards getting back to a hundred percent. But I love seeing that. Gio Bernard passed his Lando Calrissian mustache on to Samaji Pirine because that thing is gold, man. Some, That's- yeah, someone's got to keep that alive in uh, in Cincinnati. <laughs> so definitely good to see that. Uh, Jake, let me ask you this: uh, since you know we're talking about, everyone would agree that it's those first backs we talked about. Then, if you're still looking at backs, Samaji Pirine would be probably in that next tier. Is Khalil Herbert in that next tier as well, seeing the way that he split the backfield in Chicago? And say, I know you have other stuff to talk about with the Bears. Save that for a little later when it gets brought up. But just strictly on Herbert and Damian Williams without David Montgomery, is Herbert in that group with Samaj P. Ryan in the uh, waiver claims this week? More so, yeah, more so the P. Ryan. And I'll take the chance on him over P. Ryan because Joe Mixon 
didn't practice the entire week. We just talked. You just said it. Yeah. He just didn't practice the entire week and looked fine. Like the usage was supremely concerning because until that touchdown, we're like, oh my god, they just why did they even roll <laughs> yeah. him out? Like the the Washington team right. with Curtis Samuel. Like why did you do this? Like why? Right. But then he makes that cut. And it's just like. Yeah. Is there anything wrong with Joe Mixon? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you could say that they were up 14 to, what was it, three or six at the half, and maybe... Fourth, the Bears? The, yeah. 14 yeah, 14 to three. three at halftime. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you could say, okay, they had the second half lead, and maybe that's why Herbert got more involved. Uh, I, whatever it might be, maybe he doesn't get a 50-50 split. Actually, Herbert out-snapped him, well, out-touched yeah. him in the backfield as, for carries. carries. Yeah. So maybe that doesn't happen, but I think it looks like it's at least a 60-40. You can't see what Herbert just did and ignore that. And for, let's also remember the whole situation with him in college and Puka Williams is like they were both so good. Now, I know Puka Williams mm-hmm. is irrelevant, but so good that he left and went bananas for Virginia Tech. Like that was part of the read. Like he is a really good running back. Um, so I would say, yes, he's in the conversation because if Damian Williams gets dinged up, even like just banged up, like not necessarily misses games, but gets right. dinged up between now and when David Montgomery comes back, Herbert could just end up being the lead between the two. Funston, Marquez yeah. Callaway back in your life? You can talk about Herbert. Uh, um, <laughs> They're on no, a bye. I- Michael Thomas is coming back. Sorry, Funston, go ahead. <laughs> Callaway keeps scoring these like very un- highly imp- improbable, you know, like, touchdowns. End I don't of know what to make Mary touchdowns. Yes, You're not going to exactly. bank on that. Well, and, that, and remember the one before that was Jameis doing his old school Tampa, just like chuck it and F it kind of throw, uh-huh. you know, into the back of the end zone and Callaway just happened to grab. So, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not banking on anybody. Honestly, I'm not sure I don't like Deontay Harris as much as Callaway there. Uh, he keeps making plays. But um, I'm wondering on Herbert, like, I feel like I agree that there's like, like a, some kind of a split there. Damian Williams is 29 years old. They probably don't want to give him the full Montgomery workload. And honestly, Montgomery's three years in. I thought you were going to say the full Monty. Sorry. The full Monty. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's great. That. Uh, they got to start thinking about maybe developing Herbert as their guy for the future. Like if, if Montgomery comes up and they don't, you know, and they don't want to extend him, then you got Khalil Herbert ready to go at that point. So I, I think it behooves the them to give them a, a, that. like a 40% split. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah. I said my dynasty teams would love that. I, I have a lot of Khalil Herbert because I look for the talent situation. Yeah. You just pointed out like that's a that was a sneaky backfield to look at the next man up in the future. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this was something that Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for us at the Athletic, uh, hinted at last week that Williams was going to be the main back, but that Herbert was going to have a larger role as the two than Williams did as the two to Montgomery. And so it, it shouldn't be a, a huge surprise to see Herbert as involved as he was. Really quick before we leave the waiver wire discussion behind, Dan Arnold, David Njoku, if you're tight end hunting, are either of those guys popping up on your radar, Jake? Uh, hopefully you went after Schultz and Knox and you don't have to deal with this. <laughs> let's just say you didn't, though. Let's uh, this, say you didn't and you're still Dan hunting. Ar- Come on, let's give I, Dan I was, Arnold some props here. The guy's looking wait, good. But why, wait, but why? He had a touchdown that could have been his. That didn't go yeah, to him. Yeah, but he got eight targets and, and he was like there for three days. And, yards? and he had a couple nice know, catches just, in his first just, game. It could have been so much more. That's where I'm going. But yeah, I think it would be Darren Arnold. They traded for him. We talked about him last week. Funston, yeah, we're on the same page. I like Dan Arnold, too. That's why I had him in a DFS lineup. I had Darren Arnold there for the price. And Njoku, I would, I would love it if they still didn't have Austin Hooper and st- mm-hmm. whether or not he's active any given week. Bryant still being in the mix, and it's still look. What are we talking about here with this offense? How, would Baker threw for three hundred yards with a billion attempts, and still <laughs> people are getting left out? Like yeah. Odell Beckham got left out. Three uh, targets Hoop, for Odell yeah, Beckham. In I, game. I was honestly wondering if if I missed a missed like a game day scratch for Odell. I was like watching that game, wondering <laughs> where he and was. And that's the thing. It's like. It's the same problem with the Browns passing game. There is zero consistency for anybody yeah. outside Maybe Landry of, when he's healthy. That's what I was about to say. Unless yeah. Landry is healthy, Odell Beckham, the tight ends, Higgins, Donovan Peoples, <laughs> there is zero consistency on this team. It's the, <laughs> it's the Lions. Like, what's the difference between the Lions receiving options and the Browns? Yeah. I mean, they're on the better yeah. offense, the Browns, but you yeah, can't. The Browns any given week, it's a bad. different person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. You've got Chubb and you've got Hunt doing what they do yeah. in the backfield, which they did. I mean, what a game. That was an awesome game. By and the I, way, if you're going to keep giving me plus money on Kareem Hunt scoring a touchdown every single week, like <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm going to keep betting it. You've got to keep on taking it. Brown, so the Browns have already – they their losses are to the Chargers and Chiefs, both mm-hmm. on the road. No shame in that at all. 
they've got a couple of good wins on their schedule. Now this week they get the Cardinals. Like what a brutal Denver and start Denver and Pittsburgh after that. For so. the it softens I mean, they up easily, after that, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, but they yeah, can easily be. I mean, yeah. we could. They could be like the best if they lose to the Cardinals in a, like a good game. They could be like the best three and three team. That's <laughs> yeah, a but I, I meant like the rest of the season. Oh. I joked about that. Oh, well, you were out when I said that. I was like, <laughs> he's got the schedule behind him. I mean, I'm looking at the rest of their schedule after the Cardinals. There's Broncos, Steelers, Bengals, Patriots, Lions, Ravens, 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 Ravens. What the hell? Ravens, Raiders, Ravens. Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Like their schedule the rest of the season isn't. I mean, at Packers isn't pretty on Christmas, mm-hmm. by the way. That would be a fun game. But they could easily, what, yeah. finish with 12 wins still? They could go from like 3-3 three and three to 10-3 and three, just like that certainly yeah, with that schedule. Good. But that's sort of an aside to what we're talking about. Let's get on to uh, another guy who I want to talk about here, Adam Thielen, you guys. I mean, is he – what's the deal with Adam mm-hmm. Thielen? Is he just a touchdown or bust player, Funston? It kind of was last year too. I mean, he was the guy that yeah. was scoring all the touchdowns, but the yards were – you know, we're, we're way down, and it's really just kind of a continuation of that. I don't know what to say. He does have the four touchdowns. He is wide receiver 18. I mean, if you expected him to be a, you know, compiler, a yardage compiler in this offense, that's Justin Jefferson, and it's like, you know, this is not not that far of a different kind of offense than the Browns, other than that there's more consistency with the receivers. But the role for Thielen is that, you know, Cousins is going to look for him in the red zone. And between the 20 is going to be a lot more of Justin Jefferson. I don't think I'm that surprised with how things have played out there. Last four weeks for him. Let me jump in here, Jake. Last four weeks for him, 39 yards, 50 yards, 46 yards, 40 yards. I mean, depending on the way your roster is made up, is there an argument for sitting him down, Jake? I would never sit him just because at worst case scenario is wide receiver four because the difference between him and another wide receiver is just a bit of yardage, and that's Tyler Lockett. They're the same guy. Like, they go up and down, up and down, up and down. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are their version of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. The difference between it is Justin Jefferson's above DK, DK, Lockett, and then Thielen. So they actually bookend Mm -hmm. the Seattle guys. But Thielen and Lockett are very similar. And the the only difference is that Thielen doesn't get the 100-yard games. He gets the the two-touchdown games. He gets the touchdown game. But they both get 30 yards. 40 yards, 30 yards, and then, you know, Will Thielen will get 80 and two touchdowns. Lockett will get 120 and two touchdowns. But that's really the difference. At the end of the season, their stat lines are pretty similar. It's just that Lockett's got more yardage to boost him, and that's why we treat Lockett as a wide receiver two, maybe three at worst, whereas Thielen's a wide receiver three. Not, I'd still, I don't know, I wouldn't even put him down as a wide receiver four. He's still a wide receiver three. Funston, you feel the same way? You're probably not benching Thielen unless you're very deep at this position. Yeah, and I guess I mean I will. This is the only week. This is the first week that you wouldn't be happy that you're not happy with the volume. He only had three targets. Like every mm-hmm. other week, I believe it was seven plus. So as long as I'm yep. seeing that, seven even plus. if I'm seeing the inconsistency, I'm fine because I know that's going to work out. And more typically, it's been more often than not. But just, you are just get, blame Alexander Madison for going yeah. bananas. <laughs> that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, just doing the Dalvin Cook thing, just uh, yeah. with a different name attached to it. And uh, man, I mean. So I I deliberately like I it felt like a, it felt like a week where finally there was going to be some survivor hell to pay and the one team I pegged was the Vikings like stay away from the Vikings let's hope for the Lions to so do it and close. I was so I was so excited for like thirty seconds we right? almost knocked them out we almost knocked the Patriots out right? what was what was the other we were, one we were this there close to knocking out forty percent of pools and then oh, the Vikings win think- the Patriots win and that's it I'm trying and to now, there was, and an, now there was another close one I don't remember what it was though. Another close, big survivor one. Yeah, another close team. That was it was the Patriots, Vikings, and there was another one. That it wasn't like at that. But it was level, like the Bucks and the Bucks, Cowboys, and Ravens are the. Oh, next. all the people that tried to get cute with the morning game. Those people. Those, uh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, well, well, hey, speaking of the morning game, how about Michael Carter? You guys, is he entering the RB two discussion? Uh, not the most efficient game for him in London against the Falcons, but he did score a touchdown. He had ten carries. Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman combined. For seven carries he also had three targets caught them all for 20 yards we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now jake is he now with that seemingly having at least the uh plurality if not a majority of the touches coming out of that backfield in new york is he in this rb2 discussion going forward no because they still i would say i would love it to be but it's still been that slow burn similar to Javante williams it's been that slow burn 
But just really what it comes down to is they still keep using Tyson Williams or Tyson Williams, Ty, <laughs> Ty, Ty Johnson. Wish, yeah. I, I know, I go. wish. Ty <laughs> yeah, Johnson. Right? And, and that's really what it comes, like I said, that's really what it comes down to. Again, it, it's looking appealing. I want Carter over Ty Johnson. I want Carter over some other RB3s, but he's just, he's on the heels of RB2, but the Jets are part of the problem too. The offensive line and that offense in general is part of it. You put... That split, you take Ty Johnson and Michael Carter off that team and put them on 10 different other teams, and I would mm-hmm. say, that's fine. Give me that split. I'll take him as an R. Put him on the Broncos. Switch those two Switch those two <laughs> backfields, and I would yeah. take Michael Carter as a locked-in RB2. It just has to do with a, f- a few mitigating factors. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like uh, I like the way things are going, but RB2 is a little strong. It's top 24. You know, I, I'm seeing him like 25 to 30 to 31, 32 range. The one thing is, is uh-huh. this is the first week of buys. So now right. he's he's probably a regular flex flyer kind of guy that you put in there. But we still haven't seen the big we still haven't seen the really big breakout game. And it was annoying watching Ty Johnson come in on the same drive in which Carter was in there and they pulled him out yeah. and Johnson gets the touchdown. That was annoying to see for a guy who had Carter in a lineup or two. <laughs> Funston, <laughs> yesterday in the morning uh, in our uh, Start Sit chat right here on YouTube, catches every Sunday morning, um, we were talking about that morass of running backs that were all, you could have ranked really any of them anywhere between RB23 and RB29. Guys like Mike Davis and Latavius Murray and Alex Collins. Is, is that where Michael Carter sits for you? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now we can put Miles Gaskin maybe back in there as well. <laughs> his 10 catches. I, he was seeing yeah, the bank on 10 catches for 70 yards. He officially re enters the morass. Uh, yeah. I call it the, kind of like that RB dead zone where you just, you know, you're throwing darts and flipping coins on these guys. But I would say that's fair. Put him right Hey, there. let's hit a guy who was once in that morass, maybe even beneath that, and now has seemingly elevated himself above it. Leonard Fournette, you guys, is this can Jake? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we buy it? So I'm I'm funny that you said this because I set this up on um, the, the All in Football show with Meany. I said I set it up for him, and I said I, I can't <laughs> believe not only did I say I used the word trust with Zach Moss, I'm actually using the word trust with Leonard Fournette <laughs> as well, and that's how I set it up because really what it comes down to is we've never trusted Bruce Arians and I didn't mess around with this entire backfield. Funston knows this is where I came up with like the Patriots games last week, last year. It was like, I'm not doing Fournette because next week it's Ronald Jones and then it's Ronald Jones and then you start him and then it's not and it's somebody else and then it's back to Fournette and like that's because mm-hmm. you're always chasing the production. Yeah. The difference here is because of Ronald Jones' struggles, it's somewhat forced Arians' hand and Fournette has looked like playoff Lenny, you know, Lombardi, whatever the hell you want to call him. He's Ooh, carried Lombardi all the- Lenny, I like that. Yeah, I credit to whoever was calling that game yesterday. That's the one. They, they're the ones that said it. Um, but that, that's really what it comes down to is that he's carried over that success, and it's helped the fact that Ronald Jones has struggled and Gio missed a little bit of time. Gio's still a little bit of a thorn in the side, but it's similar to Zach Moss. 60, 65% of the snaps is trustworthy because there's not a lot of backfields that give that much. We want the 70, 80%, but 60 plus is valuable, especially on the box. So yeah, I locked in. Can't believe I'm saying it locked in RB two top 20. In. Yeah. Funston, same page, no, same page. I mean, it's two weeks in a row of like massive volume and one week, you know, with geo with everybody back, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, ugh much as I hate to say it. Make, I, <laughs> I, I was just I, pulling it up. He's 17th on the year in snap percentage for running backs. And that's one behind Patrick Ricard, who we don't really count because right, right. basically a fullback. <laughs> so he's technically 16th. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a minimum of 24 receiving yards per game, a minimum of three catches over these last two weeks, seven catches on 10 targets for 90 yards, 32 carries, 159 yards and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, and 70, I know we're always wary to trust coming it. in the passing game. That's yeah. Yeah. it's for him to stay out there. That's with Gio. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, people, if you uh, if you bought in or if you took the shot on Leonard Fournette, uh, you are feeling very good because he was, what, like RB 30-ish, 35-ish At by least. ADP, right? Somewhere in there. Yeah. And now he's looking like someone who you can absolutely trust as a top 20 running back. And not only that, guys, you guys, don't, no one needs me to tell you this, but a top 20 running back in an excellent, excellent offense that is always going to give him chances <laughs> to score. So right now, Leonard Fournette. I heard the Bucks are pretty like, good. One of the real big winners of this fantasy football season. 
All right, guys, really quick here. I want to run through some buy or sell candidates for you. Let's uh, just ping pong these back and forth. So you're each going to get to take one. We're just going to fly through four guys here. All of them are wide receivers. One of them has got a little bit of a slash to him as well. Uh, Jake, why don't you take this first? Cortland Sutton coming off a big game <laughs> against uh, Pittsburgh. Buy or sell? Uh, Victor Alex Bernstein, who's still watching this show, asked me to victory lap on the other show because I buy, buy, buy on Cortland Sutton and said this is your second opportunity after the well, actually it was technically the third opportunity, but now he's a potential sell. He's a potential sell if you can get top twenty. Uh, that might be difficult to get, but Jerry Judy's coming back, which can just potentially cluster things up a little bit. But as it stands. I'm still buying as what I considered him to be as a wide receiver, too. Uh, I think he's actually very much in the vein of a cross between Tyler Lockett and uh, Adam Thielen. Let's see uh, Phil also in on this. Why did Sutton have to trick us with his ankle? Why did he have to do it? I had a horrible decision to make between Sutton and Deontay Johnson. And at like 1.02 p.m. Eastern time, I was like, boom, right choice. Nailed it, and then and then Deontay didn't catch a pass through. Well, one pass the rest of the game. So uh, <laughs> Sutton coming through with a big game. Brandon, buy or sell AJ Brown? I think you got to buy. Um, look at what what's changed there. It's Derrick Henry's offense, you know, and playing off of the play action will work for AJ Brown. He's just got to get back to full health. Julio Jones being there, I think it's not going to be a bad thing if he ever gets back there. But either way, we know what A.J. Brown is in this offense. I don't think that they're planning to make any significant changes. So what he's done in the past is still on the table for him. And right now you get him at a discount for sure. Uh, I actually want to hear from both you guys on this next one. Jake, you take it first. Cordero Patterson with what we're seeing <laughs> from his role really sticking in Atlanta. Buy or sell? Uh, just hold your stuck. You can't be the problem is is you need to sell them for like an RB two value, but nobody's paying that. And who's gonna do that? Yeah, nobody's <laughs> like it, it everybody knows. I will say maybe out there the five percent because people always say not my league. And I've seen some of the trade questions come in. I actually there was one last week, uh, I think Joe P was tagged on it too, and they're like, Should I trade Cordell Patterson for Dalvin Cook, even though he's hurt? And it's like, <laughs> so there are maybe yeah. like a slim percent chance that you're out there. And if you can, obviously, if you get anywhere close to top 15 running back value, you sell him because it's not going to continue, especially when everybody's healthy and they're coming out of their bye with Cortland or Cortland, Calvin Ridley. Um, but mm -hmm. the problem is, is most people aren't. So you just kind of hold and enjoy it if you can't. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm on that boat. You're, you're selling him right now if you can capitalize on the hype at the moment. But, you know, what you're noticing is, is it. He kind of gets this, you know, what before this week, he kind of gets a similar kind of yardage, and it's whether he scores a touchdown or not that really makes a big difference. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was saying before this week, he was kind of like a, you know, a, a slightly upgraded version of Tony Pollard, but they kind of had a similar role, you know, and they're kind of getting a similar amount of snaps. And, and when Calvin Ridley's back, I, I, we'll see if he, if he reverts back, but this was his season high in snaps. And, yeah, she's been good, so I, I don't think it's going to probably mm -hmm. go down. So I think we will see a better version of him. But I just think the hype's too much right now, and he's going for too much uh, on the open market. Funston, in a league where you have Cordero Patterson and you want to get you want to unload him, you want to try to sell at what is almost certainly going to be a high point. Where are you going? Are you like going and searching Saquon Barkley and seeing who has him and hitting up that person first? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like Jake said, it's like if, Dal if people are gonna get crazy because the Dalvin Cooks are out <laughs> and, and, and people like that, you just have to be, have a little bit of patience on, you know, or, you know, a Joe Mixon that is not 100%. So his workload was down. People aren't just like, you know, completely clued in to what's going on with some of these guys. Sure. Take advantage if you can. Absolutely. Here we this is another great illustration of it because I know we're all going to be on the same page when we uh, when I pull up this question from K Hertz 11. Patterson for A.J. Brown. AJ I mean, Brown. just smash yes. Absolutely yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yes. you want A.J. Brown in this. Yes. And that's yes. that. I mean, that's the crazy stuff that we're getting into with Cordero well, Patterson. So the question I was surprised is, to see him is still this a use fair, so much as a running back. Is this a fair need for need, though, if Cordero Patterson has running back eligibility? I mean, given how kind of – I don't care. Much, I'll figure it out somewhere else. I would, yeah. I, I'm with Jake on that. Like, I would <laughs> – I'm not giving up A.J. Brown for Cordero Patterson – in the just, just in any way there's no way i'm doing it i understand where you're coming from funston yeah i was surprised how much he was used as a traditional running back still yesterday i thought with uh with um those two receivers with ridley and gage out that we would see him a lot more yeah, as wide receiver back, not only yeah you know no but, I, I agree yeah, i but, thought he was going to be a lot more of a traditional wide receiver you know and kind of yeah. filling that role but he, yeah he was he was more, a lot of running back 
part of the reason why I felt so comfortable starting Mike Davis was I thought he would really own that backfield and uh Thank God for that touchdown late. I'll just say that. I thought, we can he, move on. I thought he was going to get banished. I mean, he had that fumble. It was brutal. <laughs> I thought he I, – yeah. I, I Fumble like he was shot out of a I rocket. I texted a fan that was like, nice knowing you, Mike Davis. And then he was back out there <laughs> the next series. I couldn't believe it. Well, and if that's your – for the, if that's the testament of the people that are thinking Wayne Gallman's going to take his job, I think that yeah, kind of yeah. solidified yeah. any concern. He's still only an RB3, but at least you're, you feel better about the RB3. You yeah. certainly do. Let's get one more guy in here. You know, we got time. Let's have both of you chime in on this one. Jake, what are you doing with Keenan Allen, who has a very comfortable floor, but we haven't seen any, you know, big games from him since early on in the season? You asked 10 people who played fantasy last year and didn't have Keenan Allen on their team, and I'd guess at least half of them would say he had over 1,000 yards last year. He didn't. And you know what? That's fine, though, but that's what it really comes down to is the perception of Keenan Allen. He is a half and full point PPR wide receiver two, maybe gets to wide receiver one if Herbert mm-hmm. keeps playing to this level, which, of course, in week five. That was fun facing Herbert and Mike Williams level. in my league, by the way. That was real fun. <laughs> but thank you for that. I mean, I'm, I'm being outscored like 180 to 90 before the final game even plays. So, uh, But what it comes down to is, yeah, Keenan Allen, wide receiver two. The perception is disappointment, but it's similar to a lot of disappointments from the other. Like Robert Woods. No, I'm not saying he's going to have the Robert Woods game, but that's still within his realm of possibilities. Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. any given week, could have 10 catches for 120 yards. But that's the kind of receiver he is. So it's just like Robert Woods, buy, because he can still have value despite being a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, I think he's on pace for well over 100 catches right now. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the thing right. is, is right, Justin Herbert's been so good and Mike Williams has been so much better than he was last year that I'm sure that there's some touchdowns that maybe Keenan Allen would have scored this year if it was last year's version of this offense. Mm-hmm. But Mike Williams has stepped up. He's become a big-time touchdown scoring guy as well. Keenan Allen, if you watch that game, he left a couple, he left a few points on the table as well. He had he had drops that that hurt his overall numbers, but six for seventy five with no touchdown. It's kind of a it's a pretty classic Keenan Allen kind of game. I mean, I'm building up the fact that the last three weeks have been fifty, thirty six, and seventy five yards for him because if you look at the full season, thirteen, eight, twelve, eleven, and nine, those are his targets by week in this offense with Justin Herbert. You definitely want. Keenan Allen on your team. Like Jake said, low end one, high end two. Have those realistic expectations for him, but definitely you know someone who, is? who. Who is he? He's Other Julian than Keenan Edelman. Allen. Julian Edelman. It's like peak Julian Edelman. Yeah. You know what his unrealized air yards was this week? Two. Because he's, he's Julian Edelman. No, that's, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I think that's... No, it's funny. Have. I know it's true. It's still funny. Edelman was finishing 15, 18 wide receiver year after year after mm-hmm. year. He's, Ed, he's Edelman now. How was yeah, that too yeah. though? I saw him have a drop, and and he caught a catch right after that and threw the ball. Because like, unrealized on the air yards are like doesn't include uh, does not include drops. drops. Oh, okay, that's, that's on the that's on the receiver. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Number one this week was Terry McLaurin, by the way. Uh, in unrealized air yards, 117 left on the field. Because <laughs> Taylor Heineke, Heineke. Taylor, Taylor Heineke is not that good, man. I was gonna say yeah, sometimes the dial be a, being on be aggressive level 10, <laughs> Heineke just dial it back to eight. Even you don't yeah. have to be aggressive 10 every single play. That might be a familiar theme for uh, Terry McLaurin until and unless Ryan Fitzpatrick Week is seven. back on the field for Washington. Hey guys, uh, let's look at the opposite of a question we talked about a little earlier. Funston, who lost Week Five? Oh, who did I put down? I put down. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to remember uh, the Jaguars. Florida. Received, yeah, there you go. Jaguars <laughs> one and two. I, I started with Lavishka Chanel, but then I was like, you know what? Marvin Jones, too. He hasn't been doing anything lately. I thought Lavishka specifically because last week he had a bunch of he had a bunch of volume. We were like, OK, now DJ Chark's out. They've used him away from the line of scrimmage in this game as well. Things are going to open up for him. He's going to become consistent because that's what we always were bothered by him was like one game good, go away for two games, one game good. Oh, yeah, it reminds us how talented he is. But how in a game where you're trailing pretty much from the beginning do you get one catch? And same with Marvin Jones. And they were targeted. Marvin had like three, I guess, but they were targeted eight times. That's combined what Dan Arnold had. Agnew, uh I forget his first name. Is it Jamal Agnew? Jamal. What's yep. Jamal Agnew and uh, Tavon Austin were your target leaders at wide receiver? Or is Agnew even a – he's a is he a running back? 
I, I don't even know. Like, wide receiver. Who the hell is he? Is Trevor Lawrence targeting? Why was he not targeting Lavisca Chanel and Marvin Jones? I just didn't understand that at all. So um, I thought that the, those two receivers, the first week without DJ Chark, were losers in the fact that there was a perfect setup for him. So Chenault had fewer snap percentages than James Robinson, Marvin Jones, Hollister, Agnew, Arnold, Hyde, and Austin. Oh, by the way, he only is only ahead of Manhurts. Um, I made a face when gross. you said that because I tweeted this out, Funston, yesterday. I said, "Who would you rather, Kristen Michael or Lavisca <laughs> Chenault?" Because, but the point behind it is that we, as fantasy people, we see how talented Chenault is, and we want more and sometimes the coaches just reflect me how many times like Chanel or Chanel uh, Shanahan with Ayuk like we haven't figured out this fact is he's still not healthy but he's not letting him get on the field it's one of these things where like we're sitting here like wondering what the hell is going on so I'm with you Chanel's a giant loser for me I think the bigger loser overall I, you know I'm not bigger necessarily on the same page it's just the passing game for the Bears just all like you know I love Justin Fields but they are still giving him a little bit of playbook. But the bigger fact is why I'm going to pull Justin Fields into this because it's Fields, Allen Robinson, and Mooney. Uh, the big arm could help Mooney like we just saw last week, but this is the downside. When Justin Fields is not going to throw the ball, by the way, who had the same amount as passing yards as Kyle Pitts had receiving yards on his own, the entire Bears <laughs> team, the same amount of yards. Uh, Devontae Adams in one half had 117 yards. The Bears offense had 119. Justin Jefferson? Did Justin Jefferson beat him in one half? Oh, he beat him. I was thinking about the people like are super close to him. But, yeah, I mean, in one half, Kadarius Toney almost had it. That, yeah. That's how close it came. I think like, Jefferson was like, didn't Jefferson have like 117 yards in the first half against Detroit? Something did like. he? I didn't close. see that. It was close to that. Maybe 107 or something being, close. <laughs> Fields isn't throwing a lot, which is again that's on the Bears. They're limiting the playbook. As he t- look, he's a rookie. He admits he doesn't see the pocket presence that well so far. He mm-hmm. said that coming out of college, and I understand a limited playbook. But the problem for him too is he's not running. I don't know yeah. why, but Three if he's not for four yards, yeah, yesterday. if he's not going to run on top of it, he's not even fantasy relevant. And he's made Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney wide receiver fours, both of them. Yeah, Salfino said that in his scouting notebook. He's like, you can't have a quarterback on a team that throws a third of the time and he doesn't run. Like, that just doesn't work. Lance had 16 attempts yesterday. That's what he should be doing if he's not going to be throwing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you can argue that they ran Lance too much, like designed designed (laughs) runs. But that's basically there. When you you watch Lance throw, you're like, well, let's just go ahead and take our chances with him running. Part of him was him too, and Lance needs to get the Cam Newton out of his head before he's already taking shots in his first start like that. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, let's wrap up the show by looking at a a group of other potential losers. Not saying they necessarily lost week five, but maybe reasons to be a little bit concerned. I want to start with Damian Harris. Uh, Looked fine when he was in the game. Scored a touchdown, was about that close to his second touchdown. Then he fumbled. Then they said he was out with a rib injury. Didn't touch the ball the rest of the game. Ramondre Stevenson active for the first time this week. Got 11 carries, didn't do a ton with him. Jake, on a a scale of one uh, being... Starting him next week, no question about it. To ten being Belichick's going to totally screw this. Where are you on uh, Damian Harris? I was trying to figure. Like you went the opposite direction with the scale than I thought he was. <laughs> I said still a three. He, he was banged up, and then he still got back in there a little bit. And Stevenson, you know, had his own issues, and Stevenson has had his own issues this year. And Stevenson is a powerful, Legurant blunt like mold, but that's also he's not going to be used much in the passing game. And Damian Harris gives him that. Opportunities. We just saw the week before with J.J. Taylor when he fumbled, and then Damon Harris was out there the most of all running backs after James White in the passing game. So I'm not that worried. I think it just has to do with a little bit banged up in injury situation. As long as he's healthy, a three. And the three is only because of the injury. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's the best running back with, with some institutional knowledge there. I mean, you don't like mm-hmm. the fumble, but I'm. are we sure? How do they overrule that? Are they? Are, yeah. There was nothing there that showed that that should have been overruled. Especially so that, with their supposed emphasis on keeping things uh, as called on the field. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, yeah, I didn't get that one at all. I would have liked to see him involved in the passing game this week, but he wasn't healthy. And, you know, I think that that'll come with James White, you know, out. It's He's going to get some catches in this passing game for sure. All right, let's look at the entirety of the San Francisco running game. And I'm including Trey Lance in this for as long as he is the <laughs> team starter, because, I mean, this has been just 
a nightmare. And, you know, if Raheem Mostert were healthy, I don't think we'd be dealing with, with this, but he's not. And Elijah Mitchell, of course, gets the big week one, and then everyone blows 40% of fab on him, and now we just see him again in week five, and he takes back over as the primary runner, and Trey Sermon has a good game in week four, but then is not even seen in week five. One carry yep. in that game, I mean... What, can you start anyone with any level of confidence here, Funston? Is it, or is it just Trey Lance when he starts and you got to ignore the backs? Um, well, I mean, Elijah Mitchell is clearly the number one, and we never want to completely ignore the backfield for Kyle Shanahan. Like it, it, now we know, is Trey Sermon, did he work his way into some kind of a, you know, somewhat of a platoon split? No, it's Elijah Mitchell. So mm-hmm. uh, I, there was an answer there. It wasn't like anybody got anything out of it but like going forward if you ever you know if you ever like the matchup you ever like the setup you know it's elijah mitchell so i guess he's uh, what an rb3 you know it's whatever i mean we're gonna have to use guys like that like i said it's bye week so guys like that are gonna get thrown into the lineup but trey sermon uh -uh. (laughs) you know he's out uh well so i'll say no and double no because so i was wrong about trey sermon thinking this would be like a 50 50 a nice compliment one two punch why not use them both trey sermon better with a quarterback not under center with trey lance we just saw you mentioned it second half of that game trey sermon looked great not good looked great he looked okay in week three had some good runs had some bad runs the first half of week four good and bad with trey lance looked great period no question about it Shanahan doesn't like him. That that's clear. That, and that's what clear, but this is why I say yes and no. It's clear. If it's only Mitchell and Sermon, yes, it's clear. 100% Sermon droppable arguably unless Mitchell were to get hurt and it's Mitchell. However, they're on their bye and Jeff Wilson's eligible to come back after the bye. I'm not saying yes because it still might be Jeff Wilson. <laughs> you know Jeff Wilson is scoring like two touchdowns. You know that week yeah. 7 game and Jeff Wilson's going to have like a 10 carry not you know like like six carry twenty three yard two touchdown sort of game is what Jeff Wilson's <laughs> looking at in that return and that right there is just a perfect summation of what I think we're going to be looking at with this San Francisco backfield the rest of the season regardless of who the quarterback is and that's going to do it you guys for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast thanks so much to everyone who joined us on YouTube if you are not yet an Athletic subscriber can still get 50% off. That deal's running out soon. It runs out in like nine days, so do it while you can. Theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod. For Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, I am Michael Beller. Thanks again for being with us on YouTube. Thanks for listening to us. If you need anything to go your way in Colts and Ravens later tonight, we certainly hope that happens for you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. 